guys. Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Eve Letty. We got a special guest joining us once again here on Pure Evil MMA. A true vet, I should say, on Pure Evil MMA Podcast. We got Sean T joining us, which you guys remember from last year's show. I mean, I first time I think I, I spoke with Sean T was probably about 2015, 2016, maybe. So you guys saw him on Dana White's Tuesday Contenders last year. You also know him from the Teed Lock from CFFFC. So what's going on, Teed? What have you been up to, man? It's been a minute. Yeah, man, it's been a while. Like, uh, had shoulder surgery since the last time I talked to you. You know, moved to Tom's River. A bunch of different stuff happened. So you're actually in New Jersey. So before we start anything, man, since you're a Jersey boy, Frankie Edgar versus Max Holloway, bro. Obviously, you got Frankie Edgar there, right? Yeah, we're out of the same camp, man. I've known that guy for like 10 years, man. Such a good guy. I'm really? glad he's getting that opportunity. You, you've known for 10 years? So how how old are you exactly? You're around my age, right? I'm 27. 27. I just turned 30, man. So enjoy your enjoy your 20s because <laughs> I woke up when I turned 30. I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, this I'm 30 now? This is weird. But how, you've known him for 10 years. So that means you were 17 when you met Frankie Edgar. So it was about the time when he was about to be the champ, right? Yeah, it was, uh, I like just started at Ricardo Almeida's when all that stuff was going down. Jesus. And what has it been like training alongside somebody like that? I mean, what, what have you really learned about Frankie training alongside? Because I, I talk to guys that are at big camps like Jackson's, you know, down in Albuquerque or ATT. And they just say, like, when you walk in the room, you just feel this presence of just this championship mentality and i talk about this all the time like you know when i hang out with my friends from high school it's like you outgrow that and you're looking for something more so you surround yourself with these people with the championship mentality like i love interviewing fighters because it helps make me a better me is that what happens when you're around somebody like frankie yeah just like him himself he's such a good guy like he'll talk to anybody you know stuff like that but, like, just watching him when he trains and stuff like that, like, the biggest thing with him is he doesn't stop. Like, I swear that guy, you know, the Energizer Bunny is envious of him. How, like, he just does not stop. His gas tank doesn't go close to E ever. So we are actually looking at your Instagram page. And for people that want to follow you, it's at TeedMMA. And the first picture, man, what do we got going on here? You got a big smile on your face. I see papers in front of you. What, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so I just signed a contract to fight August 16th for the CFFC at the Hard Rock Casino. Oh, my God. And you're just coming off of soldier surgery, so you got to be really anxious, right? Like, August 16th is going down Hard Rock Casino. Uh, man, how, how anxious are you to get back in there, man? I got a smile on my face excited. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, By the time I fight, it'll be over a year since I fought because I fought last july end of july 31st i think it was um so yeah it's a long time coming i uh but it's weird i've never been more hungry now like i just so like, i guess i got like a chip on my shoulder for, for a lack of words you know well i've heard a lot of people talk about this and i think the most important one that I, i'm going to bring up that people can relate to is you know when conor mcgregor got his surgery like when he first came into the ufc um right or actually right before he came to the ufc he had some time off to you know recovery at a year and he just sat there watching old footage old fights old boxing fights this and that and he said it changed so much like him just being able to recover his body and just get like mentally prepared and like learn new things and then when he returned he was a whole different machine 
What, what, what were you doing during this entire year to kind of, you know, because you can't really be active. So what, what were you really doing? Yeah, it was actually like I would still be going to practices and just like sitting there and watching, you know, stuff like that. You know, luckily I have teammates like, you know, Corey Anderson and Carl and stuff like that. Um, so I was able to sit there and watch what they were doing. You know, I switched over right at the tail end of my last camp to Killer B Combat Sports. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, you know, spent a lot of time with Brian Wright in my off time, you know, talking over things, you know, watching things. And then when I was able to start, you know, not even like hit pads and stuff like that, you know, move around and start to work kicks and all that different stuff. So, you know, my game has developed so much in this off time. It's crazy. It's developed more in this off time than it has in the years I've been fighting. It's weird. Would you actually wreck? Because like in this, in this day and age, like, they want you to be active. Like, you look at somebody like Cowboy Cerrone, he fights every month, every two months. But I feel like it's a lot better for fighters, you know, even if they don't get an injury, to kind of just let your body heal. Like, you know, I heard Chell Sonnen say this, like, the, the sport, like, don't rush yourself. It's about the longevity of it. Don't rush yourself through it. So would you recommend that to other fighters to heal up instead of rushing back inside the cage? I mean, it's a... It goes both ways, right? Sword, yeah. yeah. Like, you, uh... You know, if you're trying to go somewhere real fast, like, you know, I got, you know, what, seven pro fights in, like, three and a half, four years, whatever it was, and then all my amateur fights, too. So I got, like, ten fights in, like, within, like, four years. So, like, that was my first actual break. But, you know, if you go in there and you don't take any damage or anything, that's fine. But, like, going back-to-back camps, like, if you have opponents drop out and stuff like that, it sucks. But it's that fighter mentality. Fighters want to fight. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you want to stay fresh, you want to stay active. And then, you know, if you're out of the cage for a year sometimes, it's a little hard to get going. So that's my next question to you. What are you doing to prepare in your camp to make sure you're not... Well, first, is cage rust real? Do you believe in cage rust before this? And how are you preparing to not have something like that happen? I feel like cage rust is... It's a part of person. Like, if that's your thing, you're like, oh, my God, I've been out of the cage for so long, you know. But, you know, I'm training with, you know, real high-end guys. Like, luckily, like, Carl's in camp right now, so I'm training real hard with him. You know, Corey's always working out and training and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and then um, Stephen Regman's on the Contender Series in, like, two or three weeks, whatever it is. And then Rex Harris is in there. So it's like all these guys that are in fights, I'm basically, you know, before I was in fight camp, I was in fight camp. So, like, I don't find that that's going to be a real factor for me because I'm already, like, if if I doubt it myself, if you doubt yourself after a long period of time like that, then, yeah, that's going to be something you're going to be like, ah, oh, I had ring rust. That's why I went in here and got my ass beat. But, you know. So, listen, man, obviously training along these kind of guys, um, the, the expectation is up here. Who do you have in your corner that's going to help you during this fight in a couple of weeks? Like, who, who do you have that's going to really, you know, point these things out in case something's happened in the first round? Is it going to be different from the past, or is it the same guys you usually have? Um, it, it's like one different person. So I have uh, Corey Anderson, Dante Rivera, and Brian Wright in my corner. Home. Those are, those are the guys I would want in front of me if I went into war. Or even the zombie apocalypse. Like, <laughs> I'd feel safe 
with uh, guys like that, man. What is Corey, before we talk about more of your career, what has Corey been up to, man? Because uh, he's such a great guy, such uh, high spirits. He's always having a good time on social media. Well, what is What has he been up to and what has he got going on right now? Yeah, well, he just had a kid a few months ago. Um, so he's been like big time daddy duty and stuff like that. Like we still, you know, hang out like me and him are big bow hunters so you know we want go and you know set up some stands and you know set up stuff for bow season even like go shooting in his yard and stuff like that but he's still you know behind the scenes you know working his ass off like usual <laughs> i see this you guys went to the uh, great american outdoor show with uh with you and Corey went yeah w what is that exactly like a competition or what is that no so that's a uh it's like one of the biggest like hunting conventions like in the country and uh yeah so we went there met a bunch of people and uh you know like i just linked up through Corey for a, a company called aces and arrows out of uh, las vegas nevada and they uh they full sponsorshiped me for my fight so i got like a brand new pseo and stuff like that so technically, I'm a professional hunter now, I guess. Have you actually been hunting before? Like, and if so, how long have you been doing that for? And what do you hunt? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I've been bow hunting uh, on and off for, I don't know, five or six years. But I only really, really got hard into it about the last, like, three years. And uh, it's just, I love it. It's like, it's something to do that's just not fighting, that gives you that different facet. Like, you it's know. Adrenaline kind of, just like. Exactly, like that thrill of the hunt kind of thing. You feel like, I, like I've never been, but I can only imagine it's like being a kid again, like uh, going on an adventure in the woods, just like so primal. Like I can only imagine. But my issue is like, I'm such an animal lover. I feel like it would be so hard for me to uh, kill an animal. And like my dad, I was raised by like bikers and stuff. So like I've been at my dad's buddy's houses, them skinning deers and, and this and that. And I'm just like, oh, like. I couldn't do that. Like, what do you hunt for? And do you feel bad killing, like, certain animals? Or, like, what do you hunt for, first off? Well, I hunt for normally just, like, white-tailed deer. Okay, okay. But, but um, it's just, like, I eat everything that I kill. Like, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. And then, like, if just the, like, amount of prep work that I put into it, like, you know, out, you know, out of season, you know, stands and food plots and, you know, during season food and you know trail cameras and just like how much time you invest into it like when you finally get to you know kill a deer you know that's not but it's not always guaranteed like you know there was plenty of times i went out last year and i didn't even see anything but really? you know i like the experience of being up there like getting to harvest an animal you know is cool that's a really huge you know goal to have but, you know, you're not guaranteed it, so it's kind of, you know, I like to go out there, and it's really peaceful being out there. You know, you're basically one with nature, you know. How far do you guys go out? Because I can imagine, like, uh, like I said, I don't have much experience in it, but if you're going out there and you land, you know, a heavy-ass deer, how, how the hell do you carry that back to uh, back to the truck if you're way out in the woods? Like, how, how far do you guys go, and what do you do if you are out in the middle of the woods and you land, you know, a big monster? Yeah, um, so we it varies from different spots. Like we yeah. have spots where we're only you know two hundred yards into the woods, and we have a few spots where we're like you know like a mile into the woods. But if you land something really really big, you uh, you better have Corey Anderson with you, <laughs> right? But um, you actually it's kind of it actually sounds creepy funny. 
is that you put them on, you go buy like a, like a little kid's sled and you put it on and tie a rope to it. That makes sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. What's the biggest one you ever caught? Um, the biggest one I got was actually last year. I got a really good size eight pointer. Eight pointer. And, just, uh, just explain what that means. I know what that means. It, it, it's going by the horns. Explain to the listeners out there that's like an eight pointer. Explain yeah, that. so it's the points on the antlers. How many points are on the antlers? Did you so, end up bringing it home, mounted on the wall for uh, Mama Teed? No, no, my uh, my my girlfriend Krista would kill me. <laughs> is she like is she a vegan or something like that, or is she just an animal lover? No, she's a uh, interior designer for restoration oh. hardware. So uh, my house has a, like a certain flow to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every room has its own theme. That. Man, you don't have your own, like, when you get a house, are you going to have a man cave? Like, I mean, as a hunter, you're probably so proud of getting that eight-pointer that you probably, you, you got to feel some type of way about not keeping it, right? Uh, it's at one of my buddy's house. Oh, so at least somebody is getting to enjoy it. But, you know, when I get my own, uh, you know, we get our own bigger house and stuff like that, I'm definitely going to have my own little, like, hunting lair. Now, since you're getting back into the fight game, how much weight did you put on? during the time away or did you kind of maintain your weight around because you're, you're a big boy are you you're fighting a heavyweight yeah so it doesn't really matter but you got to stay at what 265 right under 265 yeah, yeah two, 266 with the pound allowance so where, where are you at if you don't mind asking are you under that or no i'm right i'm right about there like i uh i'll probably be there in like another week or so and what like you... the whole like off time I gain weight super, super easy. So when I'm not like working out and stuff, I gain a bunch of weight. Like I didn't break the 300s or anything, but you know, I wasn't 260, you know? Honestly, man, like the winter is always rough for me. I always gain like an extra 20 pounds. I feel a little guilty. And you know how it is, like social media nowadays, like you see all these guys, it's, it's much harder for girls. Even if the girls claim they're into dad bods nowadays, it's just, it, it's just, like, I, I'd rather be uh, where I was last summer than gain 20 pounds towards the next summer, especially turning 30. So, like, what, what's a tip that I could use within a month to, like, you know, go on a diet? Like, what would you recommend me eating or, or to stay away from to lose a couple of pounds? Yeah, I, um, I just stay away from, like, a lot of sugar and I'll try to do, like, as little processed stuff as possible. Like, that's a big thing for me is that, like, I would have gained a lot more weight, but I don't do, like candy and sweet like sweets and stuff like that i don't drink soda i only drink water and coffee so like that's how i end up like i don't drink beer and you know or hard liquor and stuff like that so that's how i end up keeping my weight to a reasonable spot i drink a lot of whiskey man and especially i drink uh the jim beam fire so it's so sugary so it's like like for instance somebody showed me this picture of you know, if you have one can of soda a day, the amount of sugar that's in that is like a whole Ziploc bag, like one of the big Ziploc bags. It's like, you look at that, you're just disgusted about it. Yeah. I feel like that's a big part of trying to lose weight. Now, moving forward, man, CBD Daily, is that one of your new sponsors here? Yeah, so CBD Daily is a, well, obviously a CBD company that I started working with for this camp for, you know, recovery and stuff like that for like, uh, they have stuff that's called like an X oil and stuff like that. Like if a joint's being really sore, you know, I'll rub that on there. It works it out. If I have any cuts or anything, they have this C uh, CBD salve that works really, really well. 
Um, you know, they do like vapes and stuff like that, but I'm not really into like vaping and stuff. Oh yeah, I, I can only imagine as a fighter you wouldn't want to do that. I'm sure they have like tinctures and all that. Yeah, they have the drops. I do the drops for uh, like if I'm having a hard time sleeping or something like that, I'll take like a dropper of the drops and stuff for sleep. I'm also seeing they have a lot of fighters, which I, I love this. I love any company that's out there that is sponsoring fighters, especially to do with the recovery. Uh, Ashley Evan Smith is one of their sponsees. That's awesome, man. So I got to ask you this, man. Like, what's the difference that you can tell when you take CBD compared to when you haven't taken it? Like, what, what, what differences does it really make? Can you tell? Yeah, for me, it's like a really big, like, uh, like anti-inflammation kind of stuff. Okay. Um, like I can feel my joints being a little bit better and stuff like that. Um, definitely with the sleep is one of the biggest things that I notice. Like if I take that stuff, I better have like eight hours of sleep, it, like lined up because I'm sleeping hard. Like that's what I really take it. For. I, I mainly, mainly take it for is that you know joint stuff. You know, obviously. But that's a big thing for me, asleep. I think it's so crazy that, you know, CBD comes from, you know, the marijuana plant, but yet you don't get high off of it. Like, it counteracts. Like, if you're too high, they say take CBD and it actually helps you come down from, from the high that you're having. I just think it's so crazy that how far we've come in the past couple of years with, you know, these fighters being able to take CBD. You think it's going to be a matter of time before you guys are able to actually take THC, because I had this conversation with Elias Theodorou. Uh, you know, I talked about this a lot because it really does bother me. And it's had a real effect on my life and my family's life and a lot of my friends, too. Like, you know, just the fact that these doctors subscribe opiates so easily. Instead of these fighters going there and saying, I'd rather recover with some THC. I mean, they say it's a painkiller. Well, let's be real. It doesn't really do anything for the pain. It just gets your mind off of it and just makes you happy and kind of numb. It's not really, really healing your pain. So, and it's so dangerous if you really don't do your research on it. So do you think it's gonna be a matter of time before THC is actually an option uh, for recovery over opiates? Cause it's, it's a dangerous uh, game there. Well, yeah, the whole thing about painkillers and stuff like that, like that's a very slippery slope. Like that stuff, it's crazy. Like that, it's ridiculous. But you know, life. having THC and stuff like that, you know, like even like the CBD stuff, like it had no THC in it, and it people fought it tooth and nail, you know. So it's only a matter of time before that kind of stuff becomes legal, especially nowadays when everybody there's so much research going into it. There's so many benefits that are coming out, you know. People, you know, from everything from you know Alzheimer's to seizures to everything, you know, people are finding really good benefits. To all the stuff that you know for years everybody swore was like the worst thing that you could do so if the times are changing even for children i mean for the longest time people were saying oh uh thc helps children not have seizures well cbd does the same thing doesn't get them high and i feel like that was a huge breakthrough for the uh the uh you know marijuana scene the hemp scene uh the, the medical scene really that was really yeah. big so moving forward here man Honestly, we got to ask you this. What are you expecting in this fight? I mean, what do you know about your opponent? Do you know the opponent yet? Like, what can we expect here uh, with this fight? Who, who are you fighting? Well, I can't release who I'm fighting yet. The CFFC has to do that. I'll get in trouble. Okay. I'll have Arius yell at me over text message or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's...
it's going to be a really good fight. You know, it's a very, it's not a layup fight. You know, I'm not one of those guys, you know me. I don't like to go for easy fights. I will fight anybody. And, you know, I'd rather fight a tough opponent and prove to everybody that, you know, hey, you got, did you guys forget about me? You know, I'm here to stay. You know, just because I got hurt doesn't mean I'm not going anywhere, you know. Yeah. But it's a really good fight to come back to. You know, it's a good test. You know, it's not a layup fight. So it's a good opponent uh, without going into any details. You know, it's going to be an exciting fight. Um, I don't think the person's going to be able to deal with, you know, the new Sean, you know, the new the new uh, Norwegian nightmare, whatever you want to say. And the teed lock. Let's not forget the teed lock. Yeah, well, so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try just to. Uh, I feel like this fight is just gonna be really violent, like a little bit different side to me that not a lot of people have seen, but a lot of my teammates have been seeing it in practice and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm going out there to be violent this time around. Let's let's go back to what you just said because I think that's really important. You want to come back, you want to make an impact, you want to do it against a, a tough opponent. You know, in boxing, they do the exact opposite of that. They, they kind of get you to warm up if you've been away for a while. I mean, it really hasn't been that long for you, but you, you do see that in boxing. Are you, are you doing, like, uh, you know, a lot of sparring right now to get ready for this fight? Like, how, how are you preparing to get ready for a tougher opponent instead of coming in to, uh, a, what do they call it in boxing, just a, a, a warm-up fight? Yeah, I've never been about that. Like, my entire career, you know, I've fought guys that, you know, where they, this is who you want to fight. This guy's, you know, the, you know, the guy. And it's just like I've, if I have to pick and choose who I'm fighting in this, I didn't get into the sport to, you know, pick and choose and make my way to somewhere. Because by the time you get to the UFC, there's no picking and choose in your fights. And you're eventually going to get into that top 15, and every single person there is going to kick the shit out of you. So you know that you just like. I like to fight, so I want to fight the best person out there. Especially at heavyweight, man. Look at what we got in the UFC right now. Did you catch JDS versus Francis, and what did you think about that fight? Yeah, I feel like that man is slinging mailboxes. It doesn't matter how he touches you. I feel like somebody just has to run in there and take him down. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the best thing. What did you think about JDS's game plan? I thought that was very, very risky on his end. I mean... I just wrote an article today at PureEvilMMA.com about, you know, I, I felt like JDS really wasn't showing him much respect in that first round, which we all know that first round with Francis, man, beware. After watching the Overeem fight, after, you know, he's gone through everybody. I, did you, what did you see there? Did you feel like JDS wasn't giving him much respect or what was going on there? Yeah, I feel like that everybody, for some reason, thinks that his power is like a, like a, he got lucky or like a hype thing. Like, no, that dude hits hard. Like, I think the best part, like, I don't understand why everybody just doesn't follow what Stipe did. Stipe had the perfect game plan towards him. Take him down, beat him up, drag him into deep water. You know, that's what you got to do with a guy like that. Because he's not going to have that, you know, I'm going to punch you into space in the third or fourth round, you know. Now, honestly, man, like, there's really no one left for him to fight. Do they give him the title shot next, whether DC or Stipe wins, or do they give him another rematch for somebody? Do you think he's ready for the rematch? or uh, I mean, a, a title shot or a rematch for Stipe? What do you think uh, the UFC does with Francis? 
I don't know. I feel like him versus any of those guys. I feel, I'd like to see him versus Stipe again. I'm a big Stipe fan. And, uh, but I think him versus DC, I think DC is going to do to him what he did to, uh, what's it, Anthony Johnson. Yeah. Where he just won in, took him down, smashed him out, you know. I feel like that's the game plan that you have to do that because Anthony Johnson is the same thing. You know, he would just starch people out of nowhere. Let's not and forget thought, the first fight with DC and, uh, and, and Rumble. I mean, he, he almost knocked DC out and then DC was able to get the, that was so exciting. Yeah, that was intense, man. So, uh, as we get towards the end of this interview, man, did you catch the new uh, contender series uh, that's going on right now? And did you see the new facility that they're at? What did you think about it? Yeah, they're at the Apex uh, Arena now that they're calling it. It's a, it's pretty cool. Like it's still the same kind of thing. You still don't walk out with like any walkout music and stuff like that. Um, it's different being on there, man. It was completely different. Like when I was on there. It was even less people. Like when I walked out into the, like the UFC gym, it was or like the tough gym, whatever you want to call it. Dude, there was like thirty-five people in there. No sound. You could hear a pin drop. It was co- it was crazy. But now that they have like an arena, you know, you hear people cheering and stuff like that. You know, you obviously get more people in there and stuff like that. It's such a great opportunity for people, you know. I uh, I wish I wouldn't have got hurt in the first 30 seconds of my fight, you know, but uh, it is what it is. That, that's a really good thing that you just brought up there. I mean, I, I've been talking to a lot of people that were on the Contender Series about that exact thing. When you walk out, the people that are there are your friends and your family. It's very quiet. It seems very awkward. Does that raise more anxiety or, like, you know, just, like, you know, little little shakes over having more people there like having more people there does that get your adrenaline going more compared to not having people there well a lot of people feed off the crowd like you see people walk out and they're slapping everybody's hands and they're yelling they're screaming they have fans that are yelling and screaming like some people are really fed off of the crowd so like that kind of atmosphere is not really conducive for that so it makes you fight like you it's basically like you're having the most important sparring session of your life yeah that i'm glad that you answered that way because that makes a lot of sense i feel like do do you feel like that would have made more of a difference when you walked out i mean not to make excuses or or this or that but would you have rather fought with more people around you no the the whole thing really doesn't affect me like people wise but i think that reason it doesn't affect me is that like i wear glasses so I can't see anybody outside of the cage anyway, so. So it could be 35 or 3,500. Exactly. <laughs> All right, moving forward, man. I mean, you're going to be fighting for CFFC. So why do you why do you love that? Like, what makes CFFC uh, your favorite promotion to fight for? I mean, what do they have to offer that uh, makes it fun for you, that makes it enjoyable, and makes you keep coming back? Yeah, so this will be my seventh pro fight for them. It, uh... I just love fighting for them. Just, like, the atmosphere, the way they run it is very, very smooth. Like, from fighting with them to going and fighting, like, on the Contender Series and stuff like that, which was run just like a UFC event, it uh, it was very smooth. The transition was almost identical. You know, you had to deal with, you know, production people and stuff like that, you know, pictures, filming. They set you up just just to be in that spotlight just like you were being in the UFC, which was 
the best thing. Plus, I love fighting for them. You know, they're I only fight for them in New Jersey. Um, you know, it's like hometown kind of thing for me. I really like it. I get all my family and friends. You know, it's a really good thing, especially it's on UFC Fight Pass now, which is awesome because people that are fans of mine from different states and stuff like that can watch it because I have a lot of family in different states like Arizona and stuff. I got two more questions before we let you go here. I really want to go on a summer vacation, and I feel like Jersey's the perfect spot to go pick up girls, and I'm single, and uh, <laughs> if you guys have been following the show, you know my love life. Like, I bring girls home every week. I mean, it gets a little crazy, a little distracting sometimes from, you know, doing the show or this or that, but uh, if I were to go to Jersey this summer and rent a house for a weekend, where in Jersey would you tell me to go, and uh, what, what would you want me to check out in Jersey? Like, what's a good spot for a weekend to go check out? I don't know, man. I, I've don't go to really Jersey, into, you're saying. Don't go to I've Jersey. I've never really been into the whole, like, I'm sure you could go to the Jersey Shore anywhere and be fine. I know, like, <laughs> DJs and stuff is super popular, but, uh, yeah, I never really got into the whole party scene and all that stuff. I've been with the same girl, eight, like, about eight years now, so. Ooh, damn, bro. Are you going to put a ring on it or what? Listen, I'm getting enough pressure from everybody. I don't need it from you. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Sean, I really want to thank you so much. Last but not least, what can everybody expect when they tune into your fight for CFFC in just a couple of weeks here? Yeah, man, I'm looking to put on a really good show. I, uh, I expect nothing but me going in there and just being dominant. I just want to be as violent as I can be. You know, I can I see a finish within the first two rounds. Anything else is unacceptable. And, man, I mean, it was so big when you were doing the T-block back to back to back. It was building up a lot, man. Did you feel a lot of pressure that you had to go in there and get that exact finish done every time? Like, did that start turning into an issue? Not an issue, but did you feel pressure to perform, like, your past uh, fights because of that? Because you were getting known for that submission? Nah, the team lock's just a thing. Like, it's just, you know, it's a cool thing to have in the back pocket, but it's not mm. something I'm like, I need to get this move or else, you know, anything. Like, I just, if you've watched any of my fights, like, I have two finishes from the, you know, quote-unquote team lock, and then, you know, I have, I hope for submissions my entire fight. Yeah, you've got a lot so, of finishes, man. Yeah. So I, I'm always looking for the finish. You give me anything, I'm breaking it off. And that, that's just the kind of thing I do. And guys, it's going down Friday, August 16th at the Hard Rock Casino in AC. Where could people tune in to watch this? Is it uh, going to be, uh, where, where, where are they going to be airing this? Yeah, it'll be on UFC Fight Pass. Oh yeah, there we go. Guys, if you are in the area, you can get tickets. I'm sure you have tickets, right, Teed? Yeah, dude, you can just hit me up on uh, Instagram stuff like that and i'll have all the links down below if you want to follow me on instagram it's at teed mma also on twitter but oh wait you got a story about your twitter account what happened oh no so i've had my twitter for so long it's just at teed but apparently there's a band overseas that abbreviation is teed apparently the band's called totally enormous extinct dinosaurs <laughs> What is but the child's I, band? <laughs> I have no clue. I've never even listened to one song. But I get tweeted all the time for people just tagging at T, meaning this band. But I get, like, I guess when they have shows and stuff, sometimes I'll get hundreds of tweets at me. You know, ha 
had an awesome show. You know, it was great seeing, you know, at Teed at some weird place. It's so funny. You need to start coming out to them then. You need to start, like, you need to find a good song that they have. And it better not be, like, some Waldo or some, like, you know, Babar kind of music. But, you know, hopefully it's, like, a death metal band or something badass, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I actually have to go listen to some of their stuff. I just haven't. Um, Also, Twitch. Are you still doing Twitch? Yeah, I'm trying to get a set schedule now. I've been, well, starting last week I did. Um, I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at, like, 8.30, 8.30, 9 o'clock is what I'm doing until, like, 11.30 at night. What are you, what are you playing right now? Like, what's hot? Um, I've been playing with Kristen and a bunch of other friends. We've been playing Overwatch lately. All right, because I know there's a lot of fighters out there that are into that. I mean, uh, Sono O'Malley, Joe Giannetti. I mean, um, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I mean, Twitch is hot. So, guys, make sure to go give Teed a follow at twitch.tv slash MMA. Sean, you know what we like to do at this point in the interview. I hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any sponsors, any shout-outs, anything at all, the floor is now all yours. Yeah, big thanks to all my sponsors. You know, Bro, Thrive, uh, New Jersey Nutrition, a big sponsor that I just picked up, Aces and Arrows, Archery. You know, love you guys. You know, fantastic company. If you're ever looking for a bow, any kind of compound bow, stuff like that, definitely look those guys up. Um... And then another one that's just uh, Bow Creek Outdoors that supplies all my you know trail cams and deer feed and stuff like that. Um, Barringers. Um, and then thank you to all my fans. You know, you guys are the reason I do this. I love seeing you guys. I love seeing the support that I'm getting from all this stuff. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Eat Clean, bro. They've been sponsoring you for years now, right? Yeah, they've been sponsoring me since... My third or fourth pro fight, something like that. Third, I think, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a huge shout-out to Eat Clean, bro. Sean, I want to thank you so much. Uh, tell your mother I said hi. She's a she's a really good friend of mine now over the last couple of years since I interviewed back in, like, 2015 or 16 on uh, Cage Side Submissions. So make sure you tell her I said hello, and it's always a pleasure and honor for you to come on this program. And we wish you best of skill, best of luck moving forward. Tell Corey that he got to come on Pure Evil in May. Tell your coaches I said what up and have a great night. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you, man. Oh, shout out to Ricardo Almeida as well. God bless. Thank you. Here we go. Sean Teed. Joining us for like, what, the fifth time here on Pure Evil in May? Always a pleasure. So excited. Like, I was wondering what was going on with him. I forgot that he had an injury. And I've been talking to his mother uh, for a while. Uh, we have a Twitter chat room, which has kind of died down over the last couple of months because people just causing a lot of drama on there. I had to let that die down. But there's a lot of people that always check in with me. Uh, Mrs. Teed is one of my favorite people. And, uh, you know, Sean is such an exciting fighter to watch. And there's no way I'm going to miss this fight. And it's going down just a couple of weeks. I mean, he's got so much going for him as a heavyweight. And if you just look at all the new fresh faces inside the UFC inside the heavyweight division, I like that he's, I mean, it could go both ways. Like, I like that he's challenging himself, coming back after a year and not just taking, you know, a smoker fight, not just taking a warm-up like we see in boxing all the time. This is going to be exciting. This is a fight that you don't want to miss. And the way that he was able to promote it, man, he says he's looking for the finish within the second round. He said this is going to be a banger. It's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. 
You don't want to miss it. And also, what an interesting talk about uh, going bow hunting. I mean, that's something I've always wanted to do for so long, but I just feel so weird about killing animals. I mean, if you guys look around here, I got six rats over here. I got a huge, I just got a new aquarium, by the way. Uh, I got it for like $5. So it's like a $400 aquarium. Uh, I got dogs, like, I'm a huge animal lover. I feel like it would be so difficult, but if you are gonna go hunting, I feel you need to eat all of it. You need to make use of all of it. But here's here's the other thing. I feel like I had an, I had a long talk with a vegan the other night at the bar, and she was telling me, she was like, if if you had to make all of your own uh, meals, if you had to kill to eat a cheeseburger, would you do that? And I was thinking about that. Like, that would take so long to do. Like, no. I mean, I feel like we are so. I feel like it, it's, you know, you don't think about that when you go to the grocery store and you get a six pack of burgers or get hot, which I don't even want to know what's in my hot dogs, but at the end of the day, I think that would be really exciting going hunting. It's something I want to do. I love fishing, so I don't know. Maybe I'll get into that. So I'll, I'll talk to Keith about it. That would be kind of, oh, great idea. What about a vlog going with Keith and Corey Anderson on a one day hunting trip, two day hunting trip? That's actually a really cool idea. I don't even have to hunt. I'll get a bow or whatever. I don't even have to hunt. I'll just hang out, be quiet, and just, experience. I think that would be a really cool idea. So, we'll, we'll see what happens, guys. Also, big shout out to my boys, Damien and Chicky. They're going to be on a new series called The Flanagans. And if you guys have been watching, uh, I, I'm their new producer. So, I'm really excited about that. We just went to Worcester Street. We did a food review, so you guys can go check that out. They're going to be coming back down soon uh, to do a food review at Louis Lunch. Right here in New Haven, Connecticut. And Louis Lunch, in case you guys don't know. It's always on the Food Network. It's always on the Travel Channel. It's the first place they ever made cheeseburgers in America. I'm playing the Earth. It's a couple blocks away from me here. So uh, we got that to look forward to. Also, I got a lot of new content out, guys. Make sure you subscribe down below on YouTube, youtube.com slash pureevilmma. We got all the links at pureevilmma.com, all the latest MMA news and interviews. And that does it for this episode number 233. I'm Evil Eddie from pureevilmma.com. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Paper size.